On Monday, August 8th, Tall Can Audio hits 1,000 episodes. Wait, that's still on? Who could possibly still care? And the gang is all here to celebrate. It's euphoric. It's got to be close to Nirvana. It's outstanding. For the first time ever, Maddie, Michaela, Rob, and Matt are all live in studio together. It's happening, you guys! It's happening! Oh my god! Oh my god! I wish you all were here! Is this likely to go well? Just check my notes here. No! At least it will make a lot of noise. Boom. Here comes the boom. A thousand pods and a thousand pints. I don't think I've ever been as proud in my entire life. TCA 1000 drops Monday, August 8th, wherever you find low-quality podcasts. Fuck, it's out of control. Shit. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the main event of the evening. And now, it's time! This is Talkin' Audio. We're not here to take part, we're here to take over. Nice to be back in the garden, man. Woo! What's happening, everybody? Welcome into an all-new episode of the Tall Can Audio Podcast. My name's Matt Robinson, here with you in our studio in beautiful Bytown, Canada. We are on Twitter and Instagram at TallCanAudio, Facebook.com slash TallCanAudio, and I hope you'll subscribe wherever you're listening to this one right now. Uh, we're also now on this Clubhouse thing. I don't really know what it is yet. We got the invite we're in. If you're on there... Um, you know, follow us at Tall Can Audio. Let me know what I'm supposed to do there. Uh, we got some good guests today. I'm excited for this one. I've been wanting to do this for a little while. Uh, a couple of the boys over at TSN 1200. Steve Bundes here. How you doing tonight? Not bad. How you doing today, Matt? No complaints at all. And Graham Creech is here. How about yourself, man? What's happening on uh, your end? I'm terrific. Thanks for the invite. Appreciate it. Looking forward to it. This is, uh, this is fun. Uh, before we get into anything else, you guys know how... I know you haven't been on before, but but our name doesn't leave much of the imagination. You know how this thing, uh, you know how this is going to start. What did everybody bring to the table tonight to sip on? Why don't we start with you there, Creech? Well, I brought uh, 355. No, I got uh, <laughs> I got a tall can for sure. And I'm drinking uh, Luminescence. It's uh, one of Bicycle's IPAs that they do every, uh, I want to say it's three times a year. I, what I've noticed anyways during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, uh, basically anything hazy or juicy. I, uh, I'm a huge fan. Of, okay. <laughs> so. so yeah, it's luminescence IPA and it's one of my favorites, uh, that I've discovered throughout this pandemic. And out of bicycle, you said, right? That's, uh, yeah. Bicycle. Yeah. Right on Bunda. Yeah. I've got myself a Northeast PLL Bangkok crosswalk. Oh, that's right. Nice. From that's overflow. So you gotta so. be careful there, right? Um, Lot, lots of things to be tripped over, lots of uncomfortable yeah. possibilities. <laughs> it's got a wicked tiger on it too. Like it's a, it's a badass can. I haven't had much out of the, the only thing I've ever, to be honest with you, had out of, um, overflow was, um, my real estate agent who helped me buy my condo. He knew some guys who worked there. So he brought me a four pack as like a welcoming gift or something. He's like, normally I leave people a bottle of wine, but you seem more like a, Crap! I'm like, yeah, you got me pegged, man. That's about how that goes. But uh, that was years ago. I haven't uh, tried much from them. Heard good things. Are you guys normally um, craft beer guys? Are you 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 doing this for us or kind of? Why don't we start with you, Bunda? Is that a, is that your scene at all? 
Yeah, no, absolutely. I love uh, just getting into all kinds of different beers. I'm very much uh, someone that'll drink anything once, whether it's craft beer, uh, awful beer, or uh, just whatever you can find. <laughs> but uh, craft beer, uh, last four or five years now, I've been getting into a lot of different uh, IPAs and just different kinds of stouts as well. But IPAs are kind of my main area. And uh, in terms of overflow, this is like my second time. I don't even remember trying them like you. I think I've tried them a long time ago. And yeah. like I said, I saw the tiger on it. I'm like, you know what? I'm doing this tall can audio. Let's do some, uh, you know, some fun and grab some different kinds of beers. I've got my stray dog brewing hat on. Nice. Uh, I've got my big, I got my big rig uh, mug for the beer. So it's just kind of a, I've always been kind of someone that likes to support a little bit of local as well. Preach. Yeah. I, I can't tell you the last time I bought a case of beer that wasn't craft beer. I actually, that's a lie. It would probably have been, uh, like I play beer league hockey, so whenever I'm beer on beer, I'll just get a two four or sure. two eight of whatever. But yeah. but other than that, uh, I'm either shopping. Actually, since the pandemic, it's been primarily just beer orders. Yes, and I, I've done a lot of uh, Ottawa stuff. But I've uh, I have a few buddies that will go on. We'll do orders uh, all across the province. So we've done um, we've done Toronto and, and Hamilton and. Uh, all over, all over the place, really. So just exploring new beers, and basically, if you have good branding and uh, a good description of of what what you're making, then uh, I, I've probably tried you. And I like to collect glasses too. So I'm nice. drinking uh, this chalice from Bicycle with uh, with my beer tonight too. Well, maybe so yeah, guys, no, I, straight up, that's uh, right up our alley. This is perfect for Bund and I. Yeah, um, yeah. Creech is much more the uh, more bigger beer snob than I am. <laughs> he he's got more of the taste into the craft beer than me. But we've been uh, bonding over some craft beer recently, and that bicycle glass is pretty badass too. I'll drink some. Uh, I'll drink anything. Like we we shared a we shared a couple bushes last night, so I, I'll drink anything. <laughs> yeah, Times I are like tough, uh, some old school. Yeah, <laughs> nothing wrong with a, a fifty every once in a while sure. or some bush. Sure. Um, well, maybe you guys would be good enough to, uh, send over a, a picture or two of what you got going on there. We'll get her posted up on our Instagram at Talkin audio. Um, yeah. And, and it was, uh, honestly, um, I was talking to our mutual friend there, Michaela Schreider, who co-hosts this show every Friday morning. And, uh, she said that you guys would both be great guests to, to do on the beer front. She said you guys would know your stuff and uh, whatever. So that's cool. I've got something from the Bob Cage in Brewing Company. Um, used to spend a lot of my summers down in that area as a kid, um, you know, cottaging and, and boating and stuff like that. Um, so a couple of weeks ago, I placed an order from Bob Cage in Brewing Company. And I guess I wasn't really paying attention when I was doing the, uh, the online order. And I, I got like 22 cans and it was a bunch of different stuff in there to try. And then these two very large bottles at the back. And I'm like, oh, what's that? Right? Like, I, <laughs> and I'd ordered it, but I guess I just wasn't really paying attention. So um, I've saved those for tonight. This is nice. the Celestial Bourbon Barrel Aged Imperial Stout from the Bob Cajun Brewing Company. Not really sure what makes it Celestial, but it is a 9.5% I poured it here. It's thick. It's dark. Um, not a trace ahead to be found on it. Um, it smells strong. So I'm looking forward to, uh, forward to, um, to getting into this one. I've never tried it before. So that's what we're going to do, uh, here tonight. Um, before we get into, you know, some of the, the UFC and MMA stuff I want to ask you guys about, just why don't you tell me a little bit about, you know, just kind of in general, how you found your way into this sport, because 
I, I'm not, I, I think I'm like probably the majority of UFC fans. I don't know shit about BJJ. I know enough to understand <laughs> what's happening when I watch this, right? I, but if you asked me to get down on the mat with one of these guys and, and try and do any of it, I, I don't have a clue. I just, I've enjoyed it as a, as a sport to watch casually. And I think that's how a lot of people are when it comes to uh, combat sports like this, but you know, just kind of when did it catch your eye? What era are we talking? Kind of who are the stars and kind of what are the circumstances around you guys finding um, some enjoyment out of the UFC? Creech, why don't we start with you? Well, definitely uh, GSP for sure. Yeah. Uh, big GSP fan. Like, I, like but I, I wasn't even into MMA pretty much whatsoever. Like I, I, I understood uh, some of the events that were going on before that, like the Ken Shamrocks and stuff like that. But I, I didn't. I didn't go out of my way to watch it and follow it or anything like that. But GSP, uh, almost as soon as he got into the UFC is when I, I started paying attention. And and I can tell you, like, I'm pretty passionate about all the teams I cheer for. Like, if my team's in a big game, uh, I'm watching it by myself. I'm not going out to a bar yes. or with a bunch of people. Like, I'm by myself and don't talk to me. I'm not looking at my phone. Like... That's that's what I'm like, and that's what I'm like with GSP. Like I, I remember watching some of his fights at uh, La Scratch back in the day. Oh, nice! And, like I'd feel like I'd want to like be sick almost as he's making his way to the ring. I'm like, oh my god, I'm so nervous for him. Uh, so he, he's what really got me into it. And then I'd say the Ultimate Fighter one. Yeah. Uh, I didn't watch all of them. I, uh, I mean, like the all of the Ultimate Fighters, but definitely one and two, and then others here and there. But but Ultimate Fighter one, I watched every episode, and and that. That kind of really got me into the sport as well. Uh, so we're probably talking, what, maybe 2006 or seven for the season one of The Ultimate Fighter, sort of in that neighborhood. Uh, mm-hmm. How about you, Bunda? Well, uh, just going back to my background in general, I, I did karate for 10 years of my life. Uh, I was a bit of a you know, a bleep disturber when I was young. So my mom threw me in karate to give me some self-discipline and <laughs> uh, stop trying to beat up my sisters. So I was uh, forced to do karate and uh, I ended up getting a black belt through 10 years of karate. And then oh, wow. uh, after that, uh, it's been 15 years since I've done that and probably 200 pounds. Uh, but <laughs> uh, yeah, that always was just something that I kind of wanted to do a little bit more of. And uh, I was playing sports growing up. Karate was one that I kind of, at the time, it wasn't popular. So I stuck to playing football and uh, hockey and uh, even baseball in high school and I ended up quitting karate but then once mixed martial arts started to get big in that era of I think it was 2006 2007 mm-hmm. like you said the ultimate fighter won, won uh, I believe it was Forrest Griffin and Stefan Bonner yeah. was that ultimate crazy that I think and I do believe I think Dana White said it before but I think that really put UFC on the map um, in terms of that and then just going back to some of the old school fighters that I just loved always watching and you know uh, Keith Jardine that uh, yeah, the looking man. Yeah, I loved him <laughs> I, I think he was my first UFC shirt I ever had um, and then you know GSP obviously one of my favorite athletes ever watching him and uh, oh, Leota Machida was another one that kind of always helped uh, me kind of get involved with it he was a karate guy himself and I just thought he fought uh, I, love, I love fighting styles too and that's what draws me into some certain fighters and uh, in terms of that, that's just been kind of ever since. I took a bit of a hiatus for a couple of years, and then it's been the last about five years now that I've been back into the UFC. I think there was a bit of a rough patch in general. I don't yeah. know about you guys, but just uh, where they kind of lost their identity, and I uh, it was kind of a really hard turnover uh, rate that they went through when they lost a lot of their prize fighters, and it was kind of hard, and then they had to reestablish their names. Yeah, I, for me, it's 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 funny. It's, it's the exact same era. I went to... 
uh, college 05 through kind of 07 in Belleville, uh, or as Logan Brown calls it, purgatory. And I had a buddy <laughs> down there who, who was big into this and I didn't know anything about it. I, I guess when I was in like early high school, I did have one guy who showed me a tape of like something crazy out of Japan where there was like no rules at all. And you were just getting kicked in the head and broken ribs and stuff. And I was like, this really isn't my thing. I kind of grew up on Bret Hart and, and these types. Right. So, um, but he started showing me this and, and he had a couple parties at his house and I started going to those. And again, I barely understand what's happening, but it was kind of this evolution of almost boxing. And now, you know, this is taking combat sport to the next level. And so, yeah, it, it's Tito Ortiz and Chuck Liddell and, mm-hmm. and Randy Couture and GSP and, and all these guys that got me so into it. And, um, when college ended, I hung on to it for a bit and then it seemed like it kind of went downhill a little, or I had also kind of, you know, back at home, I didn't have as many buddies, you know, who were as into it. So I kind of, you know, am I going to order another $50 card for just me? Probably not. Um, and then it kind of ramped back up a bit. I went and saw uh, GSP versus Carlos Condit in Montreal. Um, Unreal. That was amazing. Were you there? No, I, went, oh, okay. I was in Montreal, but not uh, not at the event. We watched it at um, where the Habs or at the uh, the old La Casual uh, Sport. I've been to that place a million. No, times. No, is that <laughs> is that the spot in uh, where the Habs used to play? Oh no, the, at forum. the forum at the Forum Bar. I forget what it forget what it was called, but we <laughs> it was in the Montreal Forum. Like you went to Center Ice, okay. took an elevator up, and and there was a sports bar. Up oh there. wow! I, I couldn't tell you the name, but I had a buddy from Montreal and. Uh, I, so I went to visit him and he's, he's huge into UFC. So we, uh, we watched it there, but no, unfortunately not at that. event. That was incredible. We got tickets. We were sitting on kind of this second deck. So like you were close, you weren't too high up, but you know, you didn't have to pay out the nose to be there. And I'm a Leafs guy, but I can tell you that night I'm cause we're in the front row on the second deck. I'm leaning over the front, banging on the grate with everybody else heavy into the ole 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 as gsp's coming yeah. out and get, you kind of get swept up in their joie de vivre right but I'll, I'll be honest with you like i it sort of lost me again after that and, and maybe it was gsp that had me holding on to it mm-hmm. and then as he kind of faded i was eh. it's just been in the last year where i've really re-engaged and i do believe part of it was the pandemic and in the spring Everything shuts down and there's really only like one or two sports still going on. And Dana White's just crazy. He's like, well, whatever, we'll build an (laughs) island or whatever we're going to do. I was like, all right, I guess I'll watch that. And I've been totally locked back in for like the last year or so. Yeah. No, one thing too I never was able to do was watch GSP live. I saw Anderson Silva fight Damian Maya for my 18th birthday. I also saw Shogun Ruin knock out Chuck Liddell. It was one of his last fights in Montreal for my 18th birthday. I was in high school and I remember playing, (laughs) paying, I think, like 275 bucks for top of the first level. And it was just, I remember at the same time, the Bruins and the Habs were playing in the playoffs and a guy was running around in a Bruins jersey. (laughs) And I was standing there waiting for beer. Like, I'm fresh 18. Like, I think it was April 18th was the UFC event and my birthday was April 16th and <laughs> nice. I remember just watching guys like just fighting each other and I had no idea was going on affliction gear shirts of and course. just oh big, big. you were wearing those affliction <laughs> gears <laughs> I, I wasn't then but I was <laughs> laughing because you could just see everybody with their extra mediums and they're probably should be wearing a double XL and they're making sure that everyone knows that they're the big boy on campus and I just remember that was being quite the experience but GSP was live in the in the crowd and I remember they put the camera on him and it just erupted and uh, that was one thing i wish i was able to do was see gsp fight live in montreal just 
I've never been there, but obviously you heard it. It was just unreal how loud it gets and how crazy it is. That's the coolest sporting event I've been to live. Like, and I've been to a bunch mm-hmm. of stuff. The crowd that night to see, you know, everything that went on in that building. That and and it was a good card just in general, right? Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm blanking on his first name. Cote um, had fought Patrick Cote. Patrick Cote. He was yeah. in a killer <laughs> fight just before the the pay per view started. Um, it, like the, it was a really good card. Um, just an amazing night. And, and I'll tell you at the same time at, uh, I think it's, it was like the first weekend of May, 2011, I went down to Vegas, um, with some family and friends and, uh, I'm, it, it turned out to be the weekend that UFC was at the dome in Toronto and, um, 50,000 people, whatever. And I can't even remember who GSP fought to be honest. I with think you. it was Diaz or that, it was either Diaz or it was, uh, Oh man, was it Jake Ellenberger or, or no? Jake was it Shields? It might have been Shields. It, it might have been Shields. Yeah. Sorry, you know what? I thought I had it, and then I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's Maybe all right. Yeah. And, if you and, keep listing a couple names, they'll probably all work. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just throw <laughs> enough. A lot of guys back yeah. then. So uh, I'm down in in Vegas, and um, at the back of our hotel was this UFC store, and I was like, well, I'm definitely checking that out. So on the Saturday afternoon, I went over there, and so the guy who works there, he's like, so where are you guys from? I'm like at the time I grew up just outside Toronto and he's like, I'm from Toronto. And he's like, what the hell are you doing here this weekend? You you came to Vegas on the only weekend that the UFC is going to be in Toronto or whatever. So, and and some of the bars down there on the strip were charging like similar money to what it would have cost to get into the dome that night just to watch the bloody fight. So yeah, it was, it was Jake Shields for sure. Okay. It was Jake Shields. I I don't, I don't know why I mixed those the the other names (laughs) up, I guess, because he fought all those guys and he definitely fought Diaz in Canada, right? Because he was complaining about the, the piss test or whatever. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh man. Um, one of the things I wanted to talk about before we get into UFC, 259 coming up this weekend was this idea of how mainstream can UFC get? And we saw, I guess it'd be a month or two ago now, maybe even a little longer than that. They made their debut on ABC and it was an afternoon, uh, card. And I, I, I think it was, um, maybe in November, it's probably further now back than I thought it was, but it was only, I think, like their second or third time on main network television. They tried a couple of years ago when they were new with Fox, and I believe that was Junior Dos Santos versus Cain Velasquez, and they had like this three-hour window on the Fox main network, and the fight lasted like a minute, and it was an upset. It was a disaster in terms of programming. None of the card was any good, and so you're sort of like can this work like as a, as a mm, trying to bring in the casual fan who might be flipping by Fox. And if, if it wasn't a compelling card, it wasn't going to hold people. The ABC one was a little bit better. Although I was really surprised that they wanted to try this for the first time in the afternoon when kids might be watching and flipping around and stuff. Do you guys have an opinion on, you know, can this continue to grow? It has a hardcore following, but is there any point in continuing on, you know, network television to try to grow this into, um, something bigger than it is and, and get like ABC used to host big Tyson fights and stuff back in the eighties, right? Like boxing was a big (laughs) deal. Can the UFC get there or do they need to be content with where they are? Do you guys think? Okay. Uh Okay. 
I should have handed it to somebody. But I was going to say, wasn't the last uh, ABC fight? It was Max Holloway, that's Calvin Cater, was it not? Yep, that's right. Yeah, and, and that was where, like you said, during the daytime, where it was an amazing fight. Because yes. I remember working. I think there was a, a Sens game on. I was working mm. uh, at the same time or whatever. But either way, I just remember working and watching the fight happen and just how crazy it was. Because Holloway was amazing. But uh, in terms of the UFC, it is hard because I know they want to branch off to. Um, uh, maybe a younger kind of generation, but it's also very tough because a lot of parents aren't huge on that stuff. And you, you know, it, it, where you play and already hockey fighting is suffering and whether it's needed or not is a whole different, uh, I guess, conversation. But sure. I, I think one thing that they are doing right now, that's going to bring it back. I think ABC is for sure going to help them a lot, but um, the ultimate fighter coming back, because that is where you draw a lot of eyes in terms of kind of a, a, a store, uh, kind of a storyline, a show, and I just remember watching the uh, Ultimate Fighter. Almost, it, it almost dropped me in a lot more than some of these cards over the years. And you know, I go back to remember uh, GSP was he, he was a coach, I think, at one time. But you know, Rashad Evans versus Rampage Jackson. Right. Uh, uh, they had some, and I remember that was the heavyweights. I think that was like season ten. But there's been so many good uh, Ultimate Fighters over the years, starting with the first one, but having that come back as well. And if it does uh, end up being Kamara Usman and Jorge Masvidal, I think that's going to be great because two guys that actually dislike each other. Like I remember Rampage Jackson ripping a door down and going crazy. <laughs> and, you know, I think it was going viral because he hadn't won a fight against Rashad Evans. Uh, but I just think that that's the kind of stuff they need to do. And uh, they did a great job, I think, last year. And, and you know what? You can make fun of them and laugh at them. And I do all the time. But how crazy Dana White was last year with making sure that they bought an island and yeah. they weren't going to take a break and they made sure absolutely it's going to help a lot more to get fans in, in the crowd and that'll help a lot more but yeah, ABC is never going to hurt trying that out and I think I actually believe the NFL uh, just like I saw, they're looking or they are about to lock up a, a huge deal with ABC as well and trying to just you know broaden more of their their you know audience and I think that's it's going to help for sure in a sense of that but in, in terms of where they can go to the top it's going to be hard to get to a certain audience because it's a, it's absolutely it's an acquired taste sport for sure. Mm-hmm. Creech, do you have any thoughts on you know whether they can continue to grow this on on mainstream television or do they kind of need to be happy where they're at or what's your take there? Yeah, they can continue to grow it. I think. Um, I think a majority of the money is going to come from pay per views, though, and uh, and I, I think they're going to continue to get fans in terms of if you have a regional fighter that goes on to be a superstar, like obviously GSP is an easy example, or Conor McGregor in Ireland, like regional type fans that, that have a, uh, just a, a craving for the spotlight can bring those new fans into it, um, but. I really think that the average person who's not into it, it really doesn't kind of like combat sports and stuff anymore. Like even like we, Steve and I host TSN weekend and we kind of go out of our way to, to talk UFC when it's relevant and, um, and and talk college football and and some things that don't like get mentioned all the time, Monday to Friday. Mm -hmm. And, and people love it. Like we hear from people all the time saying, Oh, like, I love that you guys are covering this and it's exciting, but there's still just definitely people that don't like seeing other people get knocked out. And like, I I don't think, especially with there's such an appetite to, like Steve said, to get fighting out of hockey and, and, and people are turning away from that now. Like you're never going to be able to win those fans over. Right. Um, they, they, if they don't like fighting, they're not going to like it. So do you think I, it I think was a mistake grow. then? And as far as the most recent ABC one, do you think it was a mistake to go in the afternoon or would they have been better off at night when maybe you do have some people sitting down, having a couple of beers or, or whatever, like the, the Saturday afternoon on ABC, like at one point that's where 
like the Disney classic movie used to run, right? Like it's a very yeah, different yeah. audience. <laughs> and that was January 16th too. That was okay. a couple months back, right? Yeah. Just barely a couple months. That was, I think, was that not opening? It was the opening day for Sens Hockey, I believe, wasn't that it? That sounds pretty close. Yeah. <laughs> 15th. Yeah. Yeah. In, and I, I do think that that is sorry before we go back to Creech. I actually think that was a great idea to do that. Have it throughout the day because it is um, you're going up uh, once you get through the evening time on a Saturday night. There is a lot more stuff, which was hockey coming back. And uh, I think that that is competing with other eyes and you want to kind of have that sport that is on. And I remember seeing a couple of pay-per-views last year that had record numbers because of no other sports being on, like when the pandemic was on. Yes. And something Creech brought up too is a good point too, when you have regional stars, but I think the one thing the USC is, it is hard to do right now. And if, you know, if you ask the most random person on the street, do you know any UFC fighters? They'll, they'll usually say Conor McGregor or like Chuck Liddell. Yeah. Um, you know, they'll, it'll, they'll be Brock hard pressed Lesnar. to name. Yeah. Brock Lesnar. But you, I think the one thing that they're suffering and John Jones has done himself that, but I think in terms of a worldwide superstars, they're, they're missing those kind of worldwide athletes that are noticeable to everybody that'll bring you in. And I know there's Conor McGregor that's there. And then, you know, in terms of former fighters that aren't there anymore, but John Jones, I think was maybe on that track. And yeah. I'm hoping that Israel Adesanya is in that, in that area as well. Once he maybe, you know, if he wins this championship this weekend, which we can get into more, but uh, Creech brought up a good point of, you know, regional, but also worldwide superstar status status guys that they need to kind of try and build well that was going to be the next thing i was going to ask about and i will pass it to you then creech do you think that um you know do you feel that they're in a like i think they'll tell you and they're probably right that worldwide they're probably as big as they've ever been but it doesn't have that same you know we all talked about that first ultimate fighter and that kind of era of big stars kind of 05 through 09 whatever you want to call it do you feel that they're in a, a bit of a downturn now or have they just kind of leveled off? Um, the ESPN deal has kind of stopped them from having to push quite as hard because their money's locked in now, right? Like they're getting what they're going to get. Um, where do you feel like this sport is right now in terms of, uh, you know, it's, it's popularity and it, cause it, it does feel to me like it's, it's lost a little bit of that cool factor or something. A little bit, but I guess I don't, and maybe it's just because I follow it so much now, but for me, I'm finding that there's guys that like, I went through a lull where it's like, there's nobody I really care yeah. about, or I, I mm -hmm. care about buying a pay-per-view. And now like Israel Adesanya, love that guy. Yeah. Like, like every time I watch him and watch him speak or listen to him speak, I'm like, like this guy's a stud. I, yeah. I, I love him. Yeah. Um, and, and there's other names that you can throw for sure too. Like I, I'm a big Max Holloway fan, sure. like just seems like such a good dude. And, and, and there's some stars that they can market, but I don't know if I don't like, does the casual fan know who Israel Adesanya right. is? Well, and maybe that's mm -hmm. the the next place. Like, do you think then Bunda that maybe like when I watch it now, especially at like welterweight and stuff, it's as deep and it's as good as it's ever been, but that maybe there aren't the same crossover stars at the same numbers, right? Like in terms of talent, in terms of fight mm -hmm. quality, it's amazing, but maybe they just don't have the same kind of mainstream appeal right now. Even Ronda Rousey when she left, right? Like, yeah. It, 
Well, yeah, that was going to be my next kind of comment. It's just you, like uh, you look at right now, and Amanda Nunes is probably one of the greatest fighters of all time, yes. but easily the greatest uh, women's fighter of all time. But if you bring up women fighters, it's always right away Ronda Rousey, right? Yeah, and yeah. That, and I think that was one of their bigger stars that you know she ended up walking away from the sport. But um, like that was someone that they needed to kind of help build up. And you know, like I said, I bet you uh, the average person doesn't know who Amanda Nunes even right. is. And like I said, easily one of the greatest who is crossing over to two different weight classes and you know i remember when we used to watch uh ufc growing up uh, you know anderson silva was that first kind of guy yeah. he crossed over to light heavyweight and i remember it was like a i don't even know what happened to forrest griffin but it was a crazy knockout that you know that was a big one and you know i, I just in terms of guys that are able to move up and down like i said this is going to be a huge weekend for israel adesanya because if he is able to win this and have a crazy mm-hmm. uh microphone era just kind of goes out wild like it's going to mean something because the ufc needs to kind of have these guys that you can go out there and know and like like you said it's it's completely different from when you could name who's on this weekend okay randy couture next weekend chuck liddell okay uh tito ortiz next weekend and you know there's always those big guys i also think too that the and not that it hurts it but the expansion of the weight classes i think Yeah, that many that, more that, names that, to know, right? Like, yeah, know, yeah. It, it's so much harder to follow along a lot of these guys' career paths, and you know when is everybody fighting? And um, you know, I feel like there is maybe a bit of a longer layoff sometimes between fighters, but I also cannot remember completely every uh, week <laughs> that um, I think there was a lot less cards. Than I think it was more once a month, yep. whereas now you'll get you'll get three to four fights a month and maybe one pay per view a month. But there's just so much on that it's hard to kind of keep up with. Okay, this guy fought this weekend. Okay, who did he fight? And then everyone's got lives now. It, it is hard to just keep up with, so, you know, four to th- three to four fights a week. I wonder, too, if one of the other things is, you know, as, as much as it expands around the world and how great that is for the sport that you know what sells pay-per-views in north america are are some of these you know interviews and stuff beforehand and afterwards and brock lesnar saying i'm gonna go home and climb on top of my wife with a coors light because bud light didn't pay me shit or whatever it was right and yeah exactly and now you look at like khabib who's one of the best of all time and he struggles with the language right he doesn't have the same you know, when you're trying to sell pay-per-views and, and, uh, you know, maybe that comes off as a shitty thing to say, but it is part of it, right? Like in terms of Mm -hmm. trying to sell pay-per-views, um, it does matter. And, and so I, I do think in terms of what I've watched over the last year, it's as good as it's ever been. It just, for some reason feels like it's, uh, I don't know, like it's lacking a little something in terms of its mainstream appeal. And I do think part of that is, is the empty buildings, right? And, I thought at first it was awesome to hear those shots landing and you're just like, Oh my God. Um, but you do start to miss the roar of the crowd, right? I, I told you I got swept yeah. up in that, that ole ole business in, in Montreal, saw a couple fights in Toronto. The crowd is incredible. And, and without it, you almost feel like no matter how good it is, you're watching a sparring session a little bit sometimes. Yeah. I, I at the start of the pandemic, I'm like, you know what? I'm like, I don't miss the fans here because you can I'm, hear the I'm corners the and yep. yeah. And then now it's just like, especially with a big pay-per-view and, and you see like an electrifying uh, fighter come out and there's, there's like no walkout yeah. and, and typically like people would be going nuts and like, imagine like the Conor McGregor, Dustin Poirier fight with Conor. Yeah. Like it, if with him down, like if, if that was in Vegas or whatever, and it's jammed, uh, people are, are rooting for him to come back and like, you don't have that kind of energy anymore. So I went from like, Oh, I, 
we don't really need the fans here. Like, well, not that we don't need them, but yeah. it, I'm not missing them. And now I'm like, yeah, I'm missing the fans. I, I get that a little bit too, right? And I, even in things like hockey, right, where you're watching, like, it's got to be so hard to run as fat, like skate as hard as you can into somebody at the end boards and then drop the gloves and fight in front of crickets, right? Like normally there's 20,000 people screaming to help you get that adrenaline going. What these guys are going through right now in a lot of sports and, and certainly in mixed martial arts where there's no one to help you get that second burst of energy, that crowd roar, that adrenaline, man, it, it's been good. These guys are every bit as good as they've ever been, but it's just a different product to watch. It feels like a little bit. Sorry, if I could just add one more thing. I the one thing I've noticed too is there's been a couple of of, of like legends that have had their last fights either in their career or on UFC contracts, and it's like this guy just fought at the UFC Performance Institute in front yes. of nobody. Like, yeah. like that was weird. It's, for and sure. it sucks, right? That that's how they're going to go out. You'd like them to yeah. get that one last roar from the crowd. Well, even for fighters, but even for the fans, and you think back to the last year where we've had no fans, but uh, I think back to, you know, Justin Gaethje versus Tony Ferguson, where mm. it was just one of the better fights oh, of the yeah. year, um, where, where Gaethje just picked him apart, but just how, you know, a guy like Tony Ferguson would have fed off the crowd, yes. right? Like that was his kind of style of a fight where he needs to kind of get beat up a bit in order to kind of get into a fight because he's just, he's a crazy monster like that. And, you know, even you go back to, Poor Aver, Stan Hooker, and you know, uh, there's even uh, what uh, Max Holloway, Calvin yeah. Gator on ABC. A couple like just some of these uh, great fights that we've had over the last year, where usually that's one where the crowd isn't sitting down for the five rounds, and it's just getting the fighters jacked up, and it's getting you at home jacked up, which I feel like it really does have, like you said, the selling point for a lot of people. For sure. Um, this weekend, UFC 259, one of the bigger ones in a while, and honestly, it feels like it kind of falls into this string of really good looking cards that kind of started a month or so ago and looks like it's going to stretch out at least until April um, with a lot of great stuff going on but three title fights um, this week and I wonder uh, why don't you start us off Bunda with which one of them and, and maybe it doesn't have to be one of the title fights but which one of these fights um, this weekend are you looking forward to the most? Yeah, it's hard to not be focused the most on uh, Israel Adesanya versus uh, Jan Blachowicz. Like it's it's one where, like I said, this could be so big for Israel Adesanya and the UFC in general. Just being that like that, what he has, having an undefeated record, but um, his microphone skills is amazing. And just hearing him in Polo Costa already this week talking about Polo Costa getting drunk off wine the night before his fight, um, <laughs> and, and just making fun of him and just talking about how he's going to walk around a you know, maybe 193 on, on Friday when he, he does his weigh in. So I, I am curious to see how that one uh, pans out just because like I said, this is, this is their biggest star. I think right now, I know that maybe when John Jones maybe gets into the heavyweight division and he, he can maybe, you know, make some damage in, in that one. But I absolutely think that if Israel Adesanya can maybe win this belt and be a light heavyweight and middleweight belt holder, and how the mic skills like he's a guy that I feel like has a lot of swag and he brings it like Creed said like he's a lot of guy now that people that are just gaining into uh, interest into the sport love him right style bender he's got the swag he's got the moves and he's got the microphone skills to really kind of you know erupt in the next maybe year or two and I think that if he can win this weekend it, it's hard to not look at that fight and just in terms of I also think that uh, not enough credit is going to Jan Blachowicz and he's a guy that I think doesn't get enough credit. Yeah. Um, he's a little underrated, but it's tough because he's going up against Adesanya. It was just 
unreal. So I think that uh, this could be a good fight, but uh, for Israel Adesanya kind of fighting at a bit heavier, yeah. but more of his normal weight compared to uh, Blachowicz, who's going to be coming in and fighting. He's going to have to cut weight. Um, what is he going to weigh in the octagon on Saturday? And, you know, can he use that to his advantage to, you know, mess around a bit with Ezra Adesanya? Is that the same one that you got your eye on, Creech, or are you looking at a different one? Uh, different fight. I, I will say, I think Adesanya has become my favorite guy. Like, I, he's just electrifying, and, and, as Bunda said, on the mic and in, in the octagon. Um, like, I just eat up every minute. I soak it all in, like, from his walkout when he's dancing or doing flips and all that <laughs> stuff, and then yeah. putting on, like, a master class in the octagon, and then he picks up the microphone and like somehow it tops everything else you just saw. It's, it's crazy. But uh, I'm looking at the bantamweight title fight. Uh, I'm really, I don't know how that's going to go. I think for Petra Jan, I, he's fought a couple of, of guys that were kind of past their prime lately. Mm-hmm. So I, part of me is like, ah, I'm not sure exactly what he is because his last two opponents have been guys that are kind of over the hill and, and, and Aljamain Sterling. Like his last performance, wow! Yes, like oh man, I, that's the number one fight for me on the card. I, like the card is stacked. Even even the prelims have have some monster names on it that have never probably fought on a prelim before. Right. Um. But but yeah, I, I think uh, the bantamweight title fight is what I'm most looking forward to. Well, it's funny because that leaves me third, and the one honestly I've got my eye on is Amanda Nunes. So um, this works out quite nicely. But <laughs> that yeah, is nice. Yeah, and um. You know, she's going to face Megan Anderson, and I don't know what to expect here. I, I do think Megan has a chance, but as, as as Bunda said a little while ago, Amanda Nunes might be the most dominant champ in the UFC, man, in, in years. And there's just it doesn't look like anybody's going to touch her. And so that almost sometimes interests me more than the ones that are supposed to be the even fights. I'm like, yeah, but what if you land one early, right? Like what if you can just make something happen off the top there? Um, I do think obviously uh, Nunez is the favorite, but I do think there's a chance that, that Megan can touch her, right? That, that can, if, if she can get in early and kind of establish a little bit of a stand-up game, I think she can make that happen. And, um, obviously I'm not going to bet a whole lot of money on it, but I think it's possible and I'm intrigued by it. Um, do you guys think there's any chance that Nunez is, is losing Saturday? Uh, man, I, I feel like it's tough. Um, the one thing, and I was listening to a bit of, uh, I don't know if you guys do much, but, uh, Halani and Cormier, Cormier yeah. they do their show, but they were talking about just how the men in Nunez really has nobody to fight right. in this, in this division. And they're kind of force feeding either division. Yes. Yeah. in either division <laughs> and they're force feeding her opponents, whether it's, um, Felicia Spencer, the Canadian that last mm-hmm. had a, about, she won five rounds with her. Um, but she wasn't ready for a title fight and, uh, Duran, mean, you know, all the credit to her, but still not, not in the same one uh valentina shochenko the only one that might have been her best chance that she's ever fought to take her down but in terms of amanda nunez and uh for megan anderson the only thing i think she has going for here is her size uh, i believe she's yeah. a couple of, she's six foot she's got a bit of a reach to her yeah. yeah i think she's got two to three inches on, of reach on her but um you know this is interesting too because uh, i heard them talking that this is her 
her last fight on contract. So for Megan Anderson, if she wins, now she's going to have to get a new contract okay, with a yeah. championship clause and championship purse. And there's so much that has to add to that. But usually the UFC will never give somebody a title fight if they're on their last fight of their contract. It just right. doesn't make any sense. But right. this is how desperate they are to kind of get Amanda Nunes back in there. Um, I believe Amanda Nunes will have no no problem in this fight because, um, like I said, she's one of the goats of all time in, the, in this um in the sport, but in terms of just the, the fight, I don't have a lot of expectations on Megan Anderson, nothing against her, but yeah. it's just tough going up against Amanda Nunes and all the power to her. If she can land one with that breach, I'm down. I love upsets. <laughs> <laughs> That's not an upset. I want to see. I, uh, there is something about don't... just watching a dominant champ, right? Yeah. Like... Yeah. I just have so much respect <clears throat> for Tom Brady like... and the bucks. No, no, stop. Stop. <laughs> don't be bringing that in here. <laughs> Forgot yeah. to lay down the rules before the show started. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But no, I, I don't, I don't see Amanda Nunes losing. Well, it's such um, a, and, I, and I don't want her to. Uh, did you guys have any issue at all with the idea that um, Israel Adesanya was going to move up to light heavyweight? Uh, I don't know that light heavyweight division. To me, there's not a ton there, and and Adesanya is so good. Then maybe you just kind of go, yeah, all right, like let's do that. Let's see what that's going to look like. Did you feel like he jumped the line a little bit, and they should have looked for something? Because this will be uh, Jan Blagowitz's first um, title defense. Do you feel like it should have been in division, or are we good with this? I'm fine with it. I, I think I think what we saw John Jones clean out that division multiple times, uh, and, and just how how the title picture played out after he he vacated it. Um, I, like you said, I. I, I'm not interested almost at all in the light heavyweight division. There's almost nothing there. Eh? It's yeah. really thin. It seems. Mm-hmm. Like. Yeah. Yeah. Even that, that title fight with, with uh, Blahovich, I, I watched that fight, but I, and, and that entire card, but I just, it, it didn't draw me in. So, uh, I, I have no problem with this. And Adesanya has cleared out the middleweight division and, and he has some, there's some options for him to go back and, and fight some guys, but for sure. And I'd like to see, I I'm interested to see what he does if he wins the title. Like, yeah. is he going to be an active? Right. Um, yeah. Is he actively going to defend both straps? That's, that's going to be interesting to see is the next fight. John Jones, like uh, no idea what, how it's going to play out, but I have no issue with him jumping the queue because I like, I I'd, I'd have him ranked as number one or two anyways, sure. without having fought at light heavyweight yet. Bunda, any thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I agree. Like it's it's something where you're trying to build a star, and I'll take this from playing. Uh, I think it's UFC four, the video game I have. But <laughs> once you clean out a division, it, it automatically makes you jump up to the next kind of weight class to try and take like have the hold the two belts. And for this, like I said, you want to develop your international star, and I think that's what Israel Adesanya can be right here and right now. And if you look at the last couple like light heavyweight guys, like yeah, Blakovic uh, is right here. He's he's a champ. And I think he's getting, like I said, a little bit of disrespect here. And, um, it really yeah, a hundred percent. And, but when you look at the next couple contenders, Glover Teixeira, not moving the needle, uh, Diego Santos, you know, he's fighting on the card on Saturday anyways. And I believe he'll probably be the next guy that if he wins this weekend to get a chance, but Dominic Reyes as well. But, you know, I know they're trying to bring up and, and Diego Santos is fighting him this weekend, but Alexander uh, Rakic, uh, he's fighting this weekend. That is another guy that they're really high on. But I think that uh, once we see a couple of these guys maybe get a fight underneath them or so, kind of build up, it, it would be really beneficial for the UFC in general. And 
uh, for Adesanya to win this belt. And so I have no problem with uh, trying it right now because uh, right now, if you look at middleweight too for Adesanya, like there's not a lot there for him either. So I I think uh, why not throw this up there and see if you could kind of blend them in. And, you know, I think that this would be a perfect timing for it to just to kind of maybe just kick off something. And and it's early in 2021. Uh, Like I said, if you can make him, you know, defend the belt in two, in two different divisions, it'd be super beneficial for the UFC. So one of the reasons I wanted to do this this week was because of this card this weekend. Are you guys sort of feeling the same way that I am, that this is one of the bigger ones in a while? Because, um, Creech, you mentioned going over to uh, La Scratch, which actually La isn't Scratch. too far from our little <laughs> studio here. But Tailgaters uh, uh, now. Yeah, exactly. Um, I watched UFC 100 at Pub 101. They closed the place down. Three floors oh, had yes. the TVs going everywhere. Um it, it was awesome and every now and then there's like one of these cards and they always try and build up the big ones 100 200 all the uh, but every now and then there's like this perfect storm with three title fights are you guys feeling that the way i am that this is one of the biggest ones in a while or is it just kind of the way the cards fell and there's something else that you're looking forward to in the next month or two that that might outshine it bunda why don't you go first uh, I think right now it is uh, mainly just because of the star power with the the three championship uh, title fights. I look back, uh, was it the first pay per view last year on Fight Island where they had the three title fights as yeah. well? Yep, um, that was a pretty big one. Um, but I remember the expectation to build up with the three title fights. Uh, it was more of a dud. Yeah. Um, in terms of excitement, uh, it is always hard to tell, and you can always get excited. I think for sure this is one of the more exciting ones. I think I was super excited for that one because they were technically allowed to come back and fight on that May card. I think it was May 9th last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but uh, I do know that uh, this one I'm looking forward to. My only problem is with so many title of fights, usually championship fights are harder because a champion yeah. tries to do as much as he can to kind of just win the fight, yeah. whereas the guy has to push the pace. And I think we saw that last week with the uh, the heavyweight fight that was not very uh, entertaining, even though I was a, I'm a huge Jairzinho Roshan Strike fan. But uh, between him and Cyril Gaon, it was more of a that's just chess match and Cyril Gaon did enough and right. he faced a lot of criticism. And I think we see that a little bit a lot in uh, some of these um, title fights. Um, and with three on the on the card, maybe we'll see more on the undercard. And uh, I even believe it was the Usman card that we were, you know, tweeting back and forth about. You know what? This hasn't been a great card. Right. Um, and we were hoping every fight was going to kind of ramp it up. Yeah. And then even, you know, until uh, you know we saw the knockout from Usman uh, on Gilbert Burns, that it was like, all right, well, let's get ready for two fifty nine because um, there's a lot more title fight. And more, a lot, there's something to be said about wanting to watch title fights. So I think it's going to be pretty big this year, but. Um, I think whatever happens after this, if Israel Adesanya wins this, it's going to be very, like I said, it's a huge stepping stone. I brought it up a couple times already tonight, but I think it's going to be huge for the UFC because now you have a guy in two weight classes that is great on the mic. He's undefeated. He he sells the brand, and I think he's going to. you're going to have a lot of options. Okay, well, who's his next couple opponents? And I think that's going to be pretty big. Creech? Yeah, this is... Uh... This is one I circled for sure. The three title fights, but not only that. The, as I, I, I've stated a couple times on this uh, podcast, I, I, I love Israel Adesanya. Like he's my favorite, or maybe second favorite active fighter right now. I, I again, Max Holloway got a yeah. lot of respect for Max Holloway. Yeah. Um, but I love Adesanya. Uh, so there, that checks one box. The bantamweight title fight. I, I already said that. That's what I'm most looking forward to. And then uh, Amanda Nunes. I, I think she's just going to go to work. So uh, uh, maybe not in, might not end up being a competitive fight, but I think she's 
it, it won't be a, a five-round snooze fest. So I, I have no concerns about this fight, but I will give a shout-out to UFC 260 where um, Stipe Miocic and yeah. Francis Ngannou are fighting. I, I can't wait to see Ngannou I've got time for Ngannou every time. Oh. Like, he's what a, like, unreal. Yeah, I can't wait. Mm-hmm. I can't wait. I can't wait. He's had that experience where maybe he was gun-shy or, or whatever. I, uh, I, I can't wait for that. And then on top of that, that there's two, two title fights on that card so far. And um, Sean O'Malley, Bundes Other Boys, is on that card as well, too. <laughs> yeah, absolutely looking forward to that card as well. It, it's tough because nowadays it, they do kind of stack cards, which yeah. is the right thing to do. And unless you're Conor McGregor. If you're paying 70 bucks for it, Honestly. you better have some. <laughs> yeah. And unless you're Conor McGregor, you kind of need to have at least a one or two title fights to kind of bring that. But for sure, that one looks good. And I also think, too, uh, the card where John Jones you know, his heavyweight fight, if it is for the winner of that fight between Stipe and uh, Ngannou, uh, if, he, if he fights that, if he fights, you know, the, the next fight for Israel Adesanya, we were talking to Aaron Bronstetter the other day on our show, and he brought up the fact that, you know, the UFC has to push uh, Israel Adesanya versus uh, John Jones. And I think that would be absolutely ridiculous. I'm not sure how it's going to work out if John Jones is currently working for you know, his body to get bigger so he could fight as a heavyweight. But uh, I think that would be a huge one too, because as much as he's kind of, uh, I wouldn't say ruined his career, but he's kind of, kind of dulled his, I guess, stardom from a lot of his off, uh, you know, kind of outside the octagon issues. Um, I think he's someone that's still, he's a big name that brings a lot to the table. And if he has a big fight against uh, Francis Ngannou, I think that's going to draw a lot of people in because he also has always had a lot of controversial and crazy things to say on the microphone. Uh, maybe last thing then, as and and maybe it's too similar a question. Maybe I should phrase things a little differently. You know, whatever. We'll we'll blame the host here. F- uh, finish of the night. What's going to be you know slightly different than the fight of the night? I, I you know is it just going to be Nunez destroying Megan Anderson? Is there something else where you're like, there's a real chance for fireworks in one of these, as opposed to you know like you said, uh, title fights tend to be sometimes a little bit more conservative or, or how they go. But is there one that you're like, this could end spectacularly Creech kick us off. Bantamweight title fight. Yeah. It's going to be nuts. And Aljamain Sterling is going to be wearing that strap after the nice. fight. Yeah. I'm going to go off the board here. Just and I'm going to just piggyback this one from the Halani and Cormier podcast the other day, but the, the, the title fight, uh, sorry, the, the fight before that one, Drew Dober versus uh, Islam. I can't even pronounce his last name, um, but the guy he is fighting Drew Dober Islam he is like a crazy wrestler that uh, Daniel Cormier has seen wrestle a bunch of times with Habib Nurmagomedov in the, his camp. And they've all said that this guy is a better wrestler than Habib Nurmagomedov. And wow. he is an absolute monster that's trying to build a name for himself here. And he's a guy to watch on this card that could steal a fight of the night, some, uh, you know, bonus somehow. So I'm wondering if, like I said, uh, I'm not sure if it's going to be Amanda Nunes or I'm hoping it's something in that title fight from Izzer Adesanya or Jan Blakovich. But either way, I think that uh, I'm going to go with that one. It's just a kind of a, a sneaky fight on the card that everyone keeps kind of is under the radar right now. It's funny. I've been, you know, you talk about names you can't pronounce. Even in that main event, I was bound and determined as we started this show one of you two guys was going with Jan Blachowicz first <laughs> I, I've heard 14 different pronunciations of that last name we're all just Blachowicz. out here stabbing at it yeah, exactly. I think it's Blachowicz but uh, sure. I'm, not I'm not fluent I'm not in Polish expert. I don't know how that's supposed to work so um, this has been awesome guys really appreciate it why don't you tell us a little bit more about you know 
TSN weekends and, and where everybody can find you on, uh, on Twitter. You guys know each other pretty well. I'll let you guys take the lead on, on who's going to do that. Go ahead, Buns. Uh, TSN weekend, whenever uh, myself and Creature work, uh, our schedules are a little all over the map yeah. uh, covering, uh, you know, he hosts the Sense Supreme uh, post-game shows. I produce them. So uh, whenever we're not working a Sunday night game, so we won't be on this Sunday, but most Sundays from 9 to noon, uh, TSN 1200, uh, find me at, uh, at TSN 1200 Bunda. And I'm either tweeting about beer and chicken wings or, you know, <laughs> some kind of fights or the Buccaneers. So, uh, and thanks for having me on, Matt. I appreciate you, you know, bringing me on to talk about, you know, beer, UFC, fighting and whatever. And Creech. Yeah, it's same thing. Uh, you can find me Creech underscore on Twitter and, uh, yeah, with Bunda nine to noon on, on TSN weekend. But yeah, like Bunda said, there's the Sens play a ton of, uh, of Sunday games. So whenever there's a Sunday, Sunday I don't think game, the Sens have like a Saturday night left this season. No, they're, you're right. They're done. They're done. So mm-hmm. you've good we, people can uh, all tune into those good blue and white boys every uh, Saturday <laughs> night now. Hey, man. Up, what are they up right now? Pretty big on the Oilers. I've so. been focused on you guys, honestly. Haven't, uh, <laughs> haven't taken a look. <laughs> go oh, ahead. Yeah, I'm not spoiling it for you. I'm all right. Go ahead, Creech. What, are you, are you on PVR right now? Is that what you're doing? No, I just, uh, I, I, I don't have it on in here. That's all. I, okay. Come on. Hit me. How are they doing? No, I, I honestly don't know. Oh, okay. I, I Fair have, enough. I, I saw they were up, they're up for nothing. Uh, your buddy. Uh, yeah. Well, Ilya, real? It, yeah. Ilya Mikhaev just scored. I just saw randomly as I love. The I soup. opened up. I opened up Twitter and all I could see is soup man is uh, scored. So <laughs> trending. Yeah. Worldwide. The soup man. Uh, oh, what's man. your, how, uh, how are you feeling about your boys? Do you think they're going to, I think, or what? yeah, no, I, I think 17, four and two is completely realistic. They should stay on that pace for the entire rest of the year. Uh, you know what? It's, I don't know. I've said this a few times on the show. I don't know what I'm looking at, right? I don't think the division is as bad as everyone is saying as it is, but I don't think the Leafs are 17, four and two good either. Right. So it's really hard across these divisions, empty buildings, all these things to go. I don't know. Is what I'm looking at real? I think the Leafs are better than they have been in past years, certainly defensively. But I don't know. Does that mean anything when we get out of here and have to play the Bruins, which we, <laughs> of course, will have to play the Bruins? Um, I don't know. I, I've been happy, but that's normally when the Leafs manage to break my heart the most is when they first made me very happy. <laughs> Yeah, well, and tonight so far, uh, two of the goals have been from Jimmy VC. Oh, so, yeah, somebody, noted yes, and With Austin Matthews and uh, Freddie Anderson back in the lineup, and Love they're it. currently on a power play with uh, about eight minutes left in the second period for you. So not what to ruin it all for you. What a this uh, series has been. Well, yeah. it depends who side of it you're yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, from a, a neutral standpoint. Like, I would love it, and I don't uh, care. I'm not a jinx type guy. Leaf fans... On what was a Monday night after, so Campbell shuts them out uh, Saturday. Uh, Hutch shuts them out on Monday. Leaf fans are like Joseph Wall, get him in there. Let's see if he can shut out the Oilers on Monday. <laughs> Let's ride it, right? So, uh, Creech, we we interrupted you. What's the Twitter handle? Um, uh, where can people Creech, find you? Yeah, Creech underscore is where you can find me on Twitter, and and yeah, alongside Steve Steve Bond on TSN weekend on Sundays and. Uh, filling in in the box every now and then, and doing a lot of sense post game shows and and pre games if they're starting late. Or nice. Yeah. Um, 
love the work that both of you guys do here you now and then on on twelve hundred and certainly on the on the weekends. Uh, this was awesome for me. I know you guys are are both fight guys, both beer guys, so this is something I'd wanted to do for a while. And hopefully, if you guys are up for it, we'll do it again the next time a big card rolls around. Yeah, this was super cool. Like, really appreciate the uh, the invite and the excuse to have another beer on a what is it Wednesday? <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah, no, it was awesome. <laughs> Yeah, uh, absolutely appreciate that. Thanks, Matt. That was awesome, guys. Really appreciate it. We are on Twitter and Instagram at TallCanAudio, Facebook.com slash TallCanAudio, wherever you're hearing us right now. Make sure you've hit the subscribe button and uh, and hang around. Uh, Michaela Schreider returns on Friday morning to co-host the podcast. Rob will be back on Monday morning as always, so stick around for those as well. Until next time, my name's Matt Robinson, and we will catch you all later. Now, y'all ain't got nothing else for me to drink. I'm a haul ass. No, I'm serious. I'm about to haul ass if y'all have no better shit than this to drink. Thanks for listening. You can get more TCA at tallcanaudio.com or by searching Tall Can Audio on your favorite podcast app.